um, I'd say you, you miss a period of your life where you see all the boys going on holidays, this, that, and the other, and you're the one still in the gym. Yeah, you don't recognize it until like probably the back, and you're like, I missed out on quite a bit. You're just a sacrifice for what you want. Yeah. As bad as it sounds, it feels for me. It feels good when you feel your opponent break. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got to have them goals and ambitions to become. Mm. You know, AMI. I always say, and you know, become Olympic champion is all my goal. Always my goal. Don't just talk it, walk it. You've been doing a fair bit of this, haven't you? I've. I Did didn't do any. Um, for a long time since my last fight in the UFC, yeah, yeah. but then I um, I did one a few weeks ago. I did a, did a seminar in Plymouth, mm. so a long drive. But I did a seminar in Plymouth, and then they they asked me. They said, "Would you do a podcast in the morning?" I said, "Yeah." So that's when I started again. Nice, mate. Nice. Well, to be honest, man, like um, I've always been a fan. I've been a fan of UFC and Ooh. MMA, for instance, for a, a while. And there was a guy actually from a town where I'm from in Wales. His name's Ben Ellis. I think he's in. Um, Cage Warriors, I think he's in Cage Warriors, or he was in, what's the, it's like the youth setup, and then it goes to the top end, is that right with Cage Warriors? I think they've got a couple of like a little Cage Warriors Academies type mm. thing that they have on, um, mm. around the country really, yeah. so I don't know how that works, but yeah, there is some lower level Cage Warriors, and then obviously there's a main one that's always yeah. on TV and stuff. That's right, yeah, I know he's on there, but it's it's growing, like, um, I'm probably going to sound so out of page compared to you, because it's been breaded in you from an age of like... And probably under 10, you've probably been doing wrestling and stuff. Six or stuff. Six. Yeah, well, there six. you go. You've literally just rolled, yeah. rolled, out, of, rolled out of your parents and yeah. you're wrestling, mate. Yeah, yeah. So we'll actually, we'll get into that a bit. Like, where did it all start with you then, essentially? Where, where did the wrestling come from? And because there's so many things up here, you've got football, rugby, and you've gone on a wrestling path. Yeah, I mean, obviously Wigan. I mean, wrestling in general, obviously not too popular, is it? You know what mm. I mean? Not in this country. But in Wigan alone, you know, you've got a couple of, you've got a couple of wrestling clubs. Mm. Um, it's a really... Gritty town in it, you know. What I mean, it's um, people seem to enjoy wrestling and obviously rugby and places like that, things like that. But the reason it started for me is just because my mates was wanted was at school on about it at school one day and they said they wanted to go down and then I went home to my dad and I said to my dad I says I want to go I want to go and try wrestling. My mates are going and stuff. And it was only that day that I found out my dad actually wrestled as a, as a kid as oh, well. Wow. He did a few years wrestling as a kid um, with Roy Wood, the old style wrestling. But he. Um, and he said, yeah, I'll take you down, you know what I mean? I explained it's not easy, it's tough. I was only a small kid anyway, so, yeah. you know, he tried. He didn't try and talk me out of it. He says, yeah, you should go and have a try. He took me down, and and when I got there, you know, um, I wrestled, and I, the, the coach, Roy Wood, said I was a, a natural at it, really, wow. and he said, because I don't know, I was just small, and I had, there was four, there was five of us, so I had four of my brothers and sisters, so I suppose you used to roar in a bite when you've got brothers and sisters yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. You used to roaring about, so he, the coach said you're good, and that built me confidence instantly because I wasn't, I was a shy kid, I wasn't too confident. Oh, yeah. And when he said that, you know, and that's what good about sport, he said, you know, you could be good. It built me confidence straight away, and I thought, yeah, I feel good about myself, and I, and I, and it, I, I got excited, and I carried on going. My mates didn't carry on; they all went into rugby. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, with Wigan, you know. So, mm. and then I carried it on, and that's what I, I always did, really. So, what age was that where you got told, you know, you're pretty good at this, Mike? So at the first session, really, yeah. I, was six, I was six year old. <laughs> so hang on, your dad's never told you this stage that he's never wrestled or anything, and you've gone in there and just picked it up like it was like yeah. a bit of a natural to it. Yeah, Isn't that mad? It is mad, yeah. I mean, I didn't know he wrestled until I asked him could I go wrestling, did I mean? Mm. It's pretty cool, that is. And then from that, then you just kind of stuck at it. You never went off to the rugby scene or. Um, I did, yeah. I tried rugby when I was about um, 11 or 12, I think I was. Because what happened was. I started wrestling 
and I ended up going to another gym. Mm. We, we we had um we had a coach over. I was quite lucky really because at the time we had there was a coach over from America. He yeah. was on the Olympic team for the American team, so he was really good. He was brought up with the system in a new, in America and stuff. Obviously, it's all in the schools and stuff there. Mm. He come over to UK to try and help build up the wrestling in this country because wrestling isn't big big, big no. in this company in this co- com, um, country. country. So he he come over as a job to do that, but he opened his own club in Ince, mm. and that's where I went to wrestle. So he's, he, I went and trained at his club two, three times a week. So I had good yeah, yeah. Uh, grassroots, really. I had good a good coach from day one. Yeah. Um. So I, I trained with I trained with him all the time. Wow. It's interesting, though, Nick, because, like, there's, was it a massive, like, pathway? Hey, like, Mike, this is the pathway for you. Like, if you stick to you, we can get to X, Y, and Z. Or was it kind of like, like you said, it's big in America, it's big in parts of Europe. But, like, was it ever, like, okay, this is the this is the place, or, like, is there someone you looked up to, go, this is where I want to go? No, not early doors. Obviously, early doors, you mean, when you're a kid, it's just, the, you're just enjoying it. Yeah, you're yeah. just playing, you're having fun. And I think that's exactly how it should be, do you know what I mean? I coach kids in my club, and you've got to. Got to it's important that it's fun, but there is a certain level you get to, and then you mm. think, you know, you've got to step it up a gear, and you've got to start having them goals as to be become Olympic champion. Mm. Let's say that was my goal when I got to a certain age, and I started traveling international and stuff. I mean, I did my first international tournament. I mean, I traveled and did a camp in America when I was nine. Yeah, I yeah. was young. Wow. Um, <laughs> with, with my, my dad was there as well, but because our coach was from America, we went over to America and we did about three weeks training camp in America there. So wow. I, I got to, to just see, you know, rather than just being in our own bubble mm. here in the UK where there's not many wrestlers and not many great wrestlers, I got a chance to see what it was like out there, early doors. So then instantly I could see what I had to do to enable to get better or to become, you know, Commonwealth or Olympic yeah, or yeah. whatever, wherever I wanted to be. So I got a chance to see that early doors, which I was lucky again, but... Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be fun. Yeah, early definitely. doors. But then there's the stage where it changes. You know, you've got to have them goals and ambitions to become. Mm. You know, AMI, I always say, and you know, become Olympic champion. This was all my goal. I was my goal. Amazing that was it. A stage there where you were at a crossroad, maybe like in your teenager years or a bit older, where you're like, um, you know, the lads are probably getting on the the drink more, chasing girls, and then you've got this other part. Like, I want to proceed, like pursue this career. And it's a bit of a crossroad where you see with a lot of athletes. Um, I'd say you, you miss a period of your life where you see all the boys going on holidays, this, that, and the other, and you're the one still in the gym, putting in the hours. And, yeah, you don't recognise it until, like, probably the back, and you're like, fuck, I missed out quite a bit. You're just a sacrifice for what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. I mean, growing up, obviously, I mean, I had the mates, you know, that did do all that. They went out, they they, they drunk and all that mm. type of stuff. But, and I still did go out with my mates, but yeah. I just never drank, and I mm. still trained every every night. Yeah, yeah. So I still did have that side of things. I've never I've never even been on a lad's holiday, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's one thing, like, I look back and I think, oh, I could have been going my glove there, mm. do you know what I mean? But no, I, nev- I never did that because I was always had something. I was yeah, always yeah. training or I had a competition because that's like a, at 16, 17, I was on the world-class programme for wrestling um, because obviously yeah. 2012 Olympics was coming round. Wow. We was one, my generation was one of the only athletes that got funded for wrestling yeah. not many people in, in this country if anyone really is what year was this? Um, I was about 17 then I don't know what exactly year would from then early 2000? Uh, it was about 6, 7 years before 2012 Olympics okay, okay. so they set up the world class mm. programme for wrestling wrestling had got a lot of money yeah, yeah. to 
pay their athletes, get new uh, get new um, training partners coming in to obviously help us to get better and yeah. send us on training camps. We went on training camps like to Russia, mm. to Romania. We, didn't, we never went to America, but we went to a lot of Eastern European countries to, to train wrestling and do training camps out there um, in order to get better and get ready for the Olympics. Yeah, well. So I never really had a chance to do all that, like you say, you know, go, go on lads' holidays yeah, and yeah. mates and... That's 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 well, that's the life I, I chose, and just, you know I don't regret it one bit of it. Well, it's it's led to the path you're on now, and and you've got your, your son Jack killing it as well. And and I was I was gonna probably kind of detour where I was going with the story, but I actually met you via your brother, your son. Sorry, I say yeah. your brother then. Yeah, yeah. So I was in in Mike's gym, and there's a restoration area there, the sauna, and ice bath, and due to rugby, I, you get it, niggles and injuries just like you guys. And I thought, I heard about this gym. Um, and one of the boys in Wigan said, give it a crack. And I went down there and I was in the sauna. And then the, your son was in the sauna. We were chatting away and he was talking. He's just fighting. And I looked at his, I couldn't really tell this. And I looked at his years and yeah. I seen him in his years. I was like, yep, got you. And then I felt like then we, we started like, um, he was complaining how cold it is in the ice plunge. Because it's yeah. like three or two degrees or maybe. Three, yeah, it is. It's cold. And like, you, like it, it dropped the, the week before that. I think it was like a bit higher than that. So it was manageable. And then it went boom. Yeah. And people are only doing like 30 seconds a minute, you yeah. know. And then I said, come on, mate, let's do this. And we were just doing a little bit of a battle, yeah. seeing how far. And yeah. I instantly, your son's 18. He's 18, yeah. When you see that in someone at 18, that he's competitive, but he was really humble at the same time. Like yeah. from that, and I thought, I like this. And then from that, we've stemmed into, obviously, the dad coming on the podcast, mate. But um, it's pretty cool how it all no, was meant to be, yeah. yeah. He, um, he did come back that day and he said that he's been speaking to you and stuff. But yeah, the... The, the sauna and plunge and steam is obviously really good. And mm. like I said, I, I did see because the chill, what, it, what happened was I seen people on their um, Instagram stories saying, I've done eight minutes on the plunge, <laughs> 10 minutes in the plunge. I thought, no way they're doing eight minutes, 10 minutes. <laughs> and then I realized we got a phone call from one of the staff said, I think the plunge is off the chiller because we've got a chiller in oh, the back and okay. it keeps it free. Yeah. Three degrees. So, and then obviously when we put it on, everyone's like 30 seconds, 20 seconds. So <laughs> it's a bit different, but... Good fun, man. It's yeah. good. And like you said, I, I talked about it earlier, just how that's changing people's probably routines and what it is. I heard a couple of people talking about they're laying off the booze now and they're more inclined to go in to train Monday to Friday and do some restoration on the weekends. So that's, that's important of what it's doing and what it's bringing to the community as well. Yeah. I mean, like, there's not really anything like that in Wigan, really, I don't think. No. Not where you can go and pay a day pass and just go in, you know what I mean, but... You've got your bigger gyms, maybe that's charging you a fortune, maybe mm. for a day pass, or they're um, they're obviously making you turn up to membership. So we've got it as a day pass thing because, you know, and it is attracting a lot of people coming into the gym, mm. not just athletes, people who just want to, yeah. you know, come in and I think um, plunge pools and cold plunges are getting popular now because because of mental health and things like yeah. that. Because you're getting up in the morning, you challenge yourself a little bit, and you and you know you you're getting a bit competitive with yourself, and you feel mm. a bit better about yourself that you've achieved staying it for for a minute or two minutes or three minutes or whatever it is, um, yeah, you know, and, yeah. that, and I think that's what's that's good. And like I say, if you go to the gym, you know, mm. you want a bit of time to yourself, and you can you can feel better about yourself when you come mm. out to the gym, and that's what it's about, isn't it? And you know, we we are fortunate enough to have a, a bunch of good members, mm. that are, you know, very welcoming and stuff like that. So uh, the gym. Right now he's doing he's doing great to be honest. Awesome. In is that is Bob Bezik part of that or not? Is he a part of the gym? Bob's Bob's a, a P, he PTs PT in the gym cool. sometimes and he comes in every yeah, now and yeah. again and stuff. But yeah, Bob's a good guy. He does all my strength conditioning. Does Bob. he? Yeah. So I played against Bob and he was playing for Ireland. Um, oh yeah. He's a strength and conditioner for Witness now, I believe still. He is, yeah. And he he had a bit of a no nonsense mentality. And I used to think he, that's like he was a 
just no no emotion to his facial like he was just like tough guy on the field so I thought, this guy's a dick but he's <laughs> he's actually I met him at the game once and he's a sound fella and oh, he's a nice guy yeah, but I know yeah. what I mean yeah he's yeah. very stubborn isn't he yeah but he, he probably gets the best out of a lot of people purely because he's you know he's not letting you cut corners and no, he's not. Probably you batted heads with maybe a couple of times. So. Yeah, he's just, he's just uh, very like, for he's very strict on his technique when yeah. you're lifting and all that type of stuff. But no, he's great. I've had Bob since like my pro career started, really. So Amazing. a long time. Good. Don't know how long it is, but it's yeah. good, a good few years anyway. So yeah, he's um yeah he's been good to me, Bob. Well, that's that's good to hear, man. He's a good fella. It's it's quite interesting, right? So early, I was watching a couple of your old wrestling videos, and yeah. I wouldn't say that old, um, but it was in the I think it was the Commonwealth Games. Um, was the country that you, the guy that you fought against? It was the final. I think it was the finale. Yeah, I had the final was Malta, but I had mm. um, in that game that you probably watched, which was 2014, mm. Glasgow. I went Glasgow, against yeah. a Cameroonian guy first. He was strong. Mm. That was a good match. Um, second, I went against um, I think it was South African guy. Mm. Third, I went against the Pakistan guy, and then last match was against the Malta for the bronze. Mm. What's that Malta fight? And it was it was over before it was done. But you yeah. cl- like you're, so this is something I'm always interested in. I'm interested in the science, but more importantly, like just like this is probably like engraved in you from the from the go the core. But like your your depth that you got under and popped him up, like that energy from the like that load from the bottom up, you sprung him up. Yeah. And it was just a moment of all right, I'm tipping you now, and it was just bang, you put him down, and then before you know it was over. But I couldn't get over just that energy, I suppose explosiveness. Yeah. And is that always been a part of your game somewhere where, like, you're always... I've even watched in your UFC fight or MMA fights in general, you're always going under, but you get real low yeah. and then shoot. Is that just a common thing in wrestling or am I just... Yeah, more so in wrestling rather than MMA because, obviously, when pe- when your people's wrestling, they're really low in the stances. Yeah. So you kind of got, got to go down to come back up. Mm. Whereas if in MMA, they're a bit more upright with the fight stances. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of shoot a double legs in, in like on your feet, if you know what I mean. Mm. Whereas wrestling, you do actually have to go really low and get on your knee and stuff. It's a little bit, I'd say attacks are a lot harder in wrestling than it is mm. in MMA. But yeah, I mean, my game has always been about just explosive, really, and um, just trying to wear down my opponent. Mm. That, that's always been my game. As bad as it sounds, it feels, for me, it feels good when you feel your opponent break. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that mental, that's that mental game, I reckon, though, isn't it? When you, you, you enjoy the grind. I had to love the grind, yeah. You know what I mean? That's the. Yeah. Not many people like to the me. Grind. It's not a grind. To me, it's just like, I love it. <laughs> so it's like, we were just talking about it. Then me and Jack, to be honest, I don't even know who we got on the subject, but he just said, she just, Jack says, you're just built for the grind. Mm. He says, but I don't even like calling it the grind because the grind's like hard work and. But it's not for tough. you. For me, it's just like, I do love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just do it. You know what I mean? We was, like I said, we was talking about it on the way up, but I just. It's just what I just get up and I just, just do it. Do you know what I mean? That's just what I do. Yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing to have that mentality because that that mentality, if that's not if that's your comfort place, let's put it that way, for someone else, that's the hell. Yeah. So you can, if you can go, right, well, I'm taking you in the trenches today. Yeah. <laughs> know that I'm going to be okay by the end of it. Like yeah. that's that mental warfare there, in the battle as such. Yeah, but that 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 is that is my way of fighting, my way of, of wrestling. That mm. I like to break people. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to know it's man. a weird thing to say but yeah 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 you feel the life come away from them you know what I mean it's, 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 it's the right feeling for me have you ever been in a situation where like you you can just it's just something in particular you know I'm going to break this guy just 20 more seconds or, th- or one more minute if he can go one more minute with me I can is it like a, 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 a 
the look in their eye or is it um yeah you can just see it yeah the, the live drain from the face really yeah so i've done it quite a few times in wrestling um where i'll just work on so for example the wrestling round is like back then it was two minutes mm. so i'll spend the first minute on just work grinding them down faking mm. snapping faking and then i'll start picking my shots up then wow. and then when you know when you've got them you know and you just and you just pick them apart then wow it's kind pretty amazing. The then. <laughs> now you're just like, right, when, when am I going to take you home? You're easy now, yeah. easy work. It's pretty amazing, man. And and a part of that then, what, what would you put that down to? Obviously yourself, but like, is it the people you surround yourself with in the gym? Or was it people who have always pushed you? Or or are you always competing against people heavier than you? That is always, so like if they're heavier, or is it just something in you? It's just something I've always, it's the way I've always been, really. Mm. Um, I'm very competitive anyway. Um, I'm a very competitive person in, in anything I kind of do, really, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I've always enjoyed training. Mm. I, know, I know when I'm when I'm fully fit, I know how fit I am. Do I mean I know there's not not really many people fitter than me? Yeah, you know, yeah. When I'm hundred percent, so you know I can kind of play that game. Mm. If you're not fully, if you're not fully fit, or you've cut corners in your training, you can't really play that game mm. because you're going to get tired before them if you cut corners in your training and stuff. So I know I don't cut any corners when I'm training fully, and I know I'm always fitter than probably anyone in the room. To be honest. That's a good thing, and it's good as in confidence to know that, right, I can go to town with everyone you and feel feel comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. What would you say then, like, obviously we talked about earlier with the wrestling way, going over to the States or going into, like, Russia or over into Europe and is a, is a stronger pull there of wrestlers. Like, when you go to, ever see any videos, whenever I see any videos of wrestling in, a, in the States, it's like a pool of, yeah. like, it's like a mini school in there. Yeah. Um, was it ever one thing? I don't like the word imposter syndrome. Was there ever a word of like, all right, this is going to challenge me now? If obviously, before we go into the Commonwealth Games, before you go to those other things as a youngster, was it ever a moment like that? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you'd, but you need them as well. Mm. You need them times. Yeah, I mean, we went to Russia quite a few times. First time I went to Russia, you go, you go on the map. First of all, obviously, mm. it can be quite intimidating because you've got a bunch of Russians just snarling at you and they're like trying to figure you out, who you are. Mm. And... They're not very welcoming. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, you're going, oh, after after a few times of going and wrestling them, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're actually very nice people and, you know, they'll look after you, they'll help you, mm. stuff like that. But initially, first, it's like you walk in a room with, and, and talking like 100, and, 100, 150 wrestlers on the wow. map. You've got like 20 people your weight and at least five or six of them are European champions or world champions mm. or even been to the Olympics. So they've got high level wrestlers. Mm. So there's no hiding. They're like you can't go around with him who's really good, and then go around with him who's not that good, and you can have an easy have an easy round. Mm. Everyone was hard. So yeah, that that's a time probably where I've where I felt it. Mm. You know where you you're going in, you feel a little bit intimidated, and you feel like you've got to yeah yeah oh, your back's against the wall a little bit. Yeah. So Russia, yeah. Russia was the place. Russia was the place, but I've been like eight nine times now, and okay, it's, it's an experience. I bet, I bet it's um. But obviously, if you come out the other end with a success, it's kind of like a, a more, you know, another cro- a tick on the on the on the wall sort of thing. Yeah, it's mega experience. I mean, mm. you know, I mean, back then, Russia's Rus- the Russian people, were, the Russian wrestlers were dominating the scene for freestyle wrestling over the Americans. I think yeah, the yeah. Americans are coming back around now, and they're, they're starting to like starting to win a lot with the wrestling tournaments mm. and stuff. But back then, the Russians were were dominating. So, you know, it was it was a tough tough camp. It was there for like. Three, three to four weeks at a time. Oh, wow. It was before the games, Commonwealth Games. Yeah, yeah. What was that experience like? I, I think I, I heard about it previously, but was it something to do with, like, you'd have, we'd have Russians coming over to the UK 
and like you train with them the whole duration. But then at one stage, they were like eligible to be UK yeah. people. Yeah, so that's what happened. That kind of made me fall out with wrestling a little bit. Yeah, a lot of politics, like I said. But um, was that that year or no? Or was that before that? It was before that. Uh, sorry, they, they come before that. Yeah. So basically, when when I got took on the world class program at seventeen, mm. we had um, a few people from Ukraine, Russia, places like that come over. Mm. Um, and it's no fault of their own. Do you know what I mean? The re- the association kind of got them over to be training partners for us. So they, they were there to kind of help us and, and um, help us get better, you know, be better training partners. Otherwise, we're just training with each other. So, um, but then after a few years or so, you know, they started to get the passports and they started staying here. Mm. They started wrestling for us, you know, and um, it's like in 2012, 2012, the only person that went to Olympics for us was, was a girl from Ukraine. Oh, wow. So, jeez. It was, it was and I, I obviously, from six years old, yeah, I'd be, um, well, when I started taking it fully serious, you know, mm. 10, 11, whatever it was, I wanted to become, to go to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. And then I got took on the world-class program at 17. Oh, everything was all about going to the Olympics. We was just getting ready to go to 2012 oh. Olympics. And then, you know, then it obviously got took away from us late. And it, obviously that puts a bit of taste in your mouth. Yeah. And obviously creates that resentment. Is it any, was there any time you go, fuck, I'm off this now, I'm done, yeah? Yeah, when... Um, so in 2010, mm. so two years before the Olympics, 2010, I we had the Commonwealth Games in India. Yeah. And it was probably about probably about two months. I'd already we did we had three qualification tournaments to go to the Commonwealth mm. Games. I qualified and won all three of them yeah, yeah. at my weight at 74 kilogram. So there was a guy, a Russian guy who was the weight above me. Mm. And he decided two months before he wanted to come down to my weight. So, but I'd already qualified. My parents had already got the tickets to go to India and everything. I'd have my, I already had my tracksuit sizes done and everything to go to Commonwealth Games in India. And the the association said, right, we've got a guy who who wants to come down to your weight and uh, you have to do a best out of three wrestle off. Mm. So you have to wrestle him best out of three. If he wins, he goes at your weight. If you win, you go. But like I said, I'd already done everything I had to asked to do to go, and I, my my mind was set on going. And um, anyway, we had to do the wrestle off. There's no way around it. Yeah. And I won him in two matches, so um, I went. Yeah, nice. I said to myself, if he, if I lost, I'll be I'll be finished. Wow, imagine if that. Well, luck, thank God, it didn't happen. But like, yeah, that whole duration of that journey yeah. from when you went into the program at the start to, and it didn't. Was there anyone that anyone had had bad news like that? There, there was a other rest. There was, I think, there was one more wrestle off on the day as yeah, well. Yeah. And, and um, the, there was a guy that come over from Canada, wrestled another guy, and the Canadian guy won. So he went, but he never wrestled for us before. He just oh, had some wow. um, grandma or whatever <laughs> from from UK yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? So he, he got a chance to wrestle for us. But yeah, I mean, I end, I did the Commonwealth Games, and then I kind of after that, I kind of stopped wrestling mm. a little bit. And um, and that's when I went into fighting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to start asking you about now is like, what was the the, the, the reason to go, I need to get into the, the fight game more now, the MMA side? I mean, the reason it come about is because Terry Atten, which was um, a guy from, mm. from Liverpool, Team Carbon, he was the first guy to get into the UFC from Team Carbon in Liverpool. Yeah. So um, he come down to a wrestling academy 
and he just wanted to do some wrestling because he was going up against a wrestler in the UFC, his first or his second fight, I can't mm. remember. And he um, he didn't really like it at the academy. The coach wasn't too welcoming. We had a guy, a Russian coach, and he wasn't too welcoming for him. So he said to me after, he said, would you come down to Team Carbon in Liverpool and just do training, uh, wrestle with us a couple of times a week? So I said, yeah, I'll come down. So I went down and I helped him out. And afterwards, I, st- I tried a bit of jiu-jitsu as well. Wow. So I did the wrestling and I helped him with wrestling, did a bit of jiu-jitsu, did a bit of Thai boxing, tr- enjoyed it. It was just something new, you know. I've wrestled since I was six and it was just something new for me, a bit more of a challenge. And yeah, yeah. I started doing bits. And um, then, like I said, after the 2010 Commonwealth Games, I kind of started making the switch then to MMA because the coach again, the coach Colin, you know, he said, mm. would you ever try MMA? And I always said to him, I'd only try after 2012 Olympics. But when that happened to me in 2010, I kind of felt like we were wrestling a little bit and I went to MMA then. Mm. Well, so that was that in, I think you had your de- debut in 2017. Was that right? Did you have your debut in MMA? Um, I think I've got no, a year. I, so. I had an amateur fight in 2011. Amateur, six right. amateurs, yeah. How, so. how did you find the transition? And obviously, you're doing the jiu-jitsu, you're probably doing Muay Thai um, and boxing. But then how did you find like that? Where it's not, you know, instead of looking for that takedown straight away, um, you know, you've, you, your whole stance has changed. Yeah, it did. I mean, early doors, all three things, like all, all the things individually, I was kind of okay. You know what I mean? I picked them up quick individually, but putting everything together. Mm. That was different, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So probably the striking, I, sh- I struggle with most. Yeah, um, the grappling kind of come a bit more natural because obviously I'm used to handle people's body with wrestling and stuff like that, and the chokes and things. So yeah. I, they come naturally, but it was more putting everything together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt I, I learned how to punch and kick quite early, but like I said, putting everything together mm-hmm. was, um, was probably the hard- hardest thing. I think, man, when I see people kick, so I had a mate. He he, he does he does Muay Thai, and I watched him fight a couple of times. And honestly, like my watching someone get kicked in the leg, that pain. Obviously, yeah. you condition yourself to that level, but I think watching the kick in the leg is a different. Like watching it is enough. If you're taking that hit, it's not nice when someone's got it good and they sink it in well. Yeah, yeah it's not. Well, uh, it's not nice. Well, you, I, you know, with the UFC fights now, you look at now. A lot of people are kicking more lower calf and ankle yeah. that, that area, and it hits must hit a nerve or something. But the whole stance has changed. Where before you'd be high hitting the thigh, yeah. low thigh or thigh area, but now it's getting. Ankle. How come that's incorporated now over the years? It's just started. <coughs> it's just started to get popular, really. Mm. Again, I mean, um, kicking to the calf. But yeah, obviously, there's not as much muscle around the calf. Mm. I mean, if you hit it wrong, you can obviously hit your own shin, can't yeah. you? You know what I mean? You've seen some snaps. Mm. Um, Vanderson Silva and, and obviously yeah. McGregor did it. Yeah, I don't know how he did his, but like I said, kicking low if they check it. Yeah, obviously it's risky, but yeah, you hit the right nerve. How do you check it? Struggling. How do you check it though? Like that kick because it's. Normally, I, well, this is me with a novice experience, but when I hear people kicking like a thigh, you, you sounds like you bring the knee up or something. Or yeah, the knee up and turn, yeah. turn the shin. But how do you do that for the lower lower ankle? It probably is a little bit harder, but if you do kick wrong, you're going to kick shin to shin, aren't you? Mm. And you'd well, know it yourself more. Well, you'd know it then as well. <laughs> yeah, it could change the whole dynamic of a fight if you see that happen. But it's just... Um, it's really getting popular now, you know. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. doing the car kicks and stuff. Yeah, it's but even even like the... I think wrestling in, in the UFC is growing more. The one yeah. thing I found really interesting is like you'll have people who are both wrestlers, like Colby Covington and Kamara Usman, yeah. and they go stand and bang. Do, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably because it's, I, think, I always thought that fight, it was a bit of an ego from both of them. Mm. They didn't want to fail at it then, they didn't want to get tucked down. Yeah. So it was like more, we're both wrestlers. Mm. So there was probably like hesitant on tech, trying to take down because they didn't want to fail it, and then they kind yeah. of class as the second best wrestler, do you mean? 
Yeah, so no, I, I think get it's you. a bit of ego that yeah. was. But like, if I come against a wrestler or he's classed as a wrestler, I'm still going to take you down. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the, that was my mentality. Like I come against Movsa and everyone was saying he's the best wrestler in the division, the Russian kid. Mm. I did lose, but I still took him down. Yeah, yeah. More than eight times throughout the three rounds. Do you know what I mean? Was there little wins for you in that though? Being like, yep, yeah, you know, I've taken him down, took him down, and people are talking him up, even though it was a loss at the end, but it was still little victories throughout it. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's how you got to fight. I think I always tell Jack. I always say, don't, don't just concentrate on winning the fight. Win every little area of the mm. fight, and then you've won the fight. Do you know what I mean? You win every area of the fight. If someone puts you back on the cage, you get off the cage and put his back on the cage and take nice. him down. You've won that part of the fight, and that's that's important. Mm. Win every little area of the fight. I like that. I like that. Yeah, man. I'm, I um I watched a fair bit of your of your son's fight as well. They're pretty impressive, but. Going back to the UFC regarding yourself, mate, was like obviously that that seems like that was the goal. It's a goal for a lot of people once you got into MMA. Was it? What? How did that? How did that evolve? How did that become? You know, how did you receive the news and and where did it all start from? I mean, first of all, my mentality coming into the sport in any sport or in anything I do, I want to be the best. I want to be. I want to be at the top of the. I want in the best best division or best organization, whatever you want to call it, but. Yeah, so when when I went, to, obviously going to Team Carbon, they're obviously renowned for mm. bringing out the best fighters in the country or in the world from, sometimes, you know what I mean? So I knew I was with a great team, first of all, and I think that's important mm. if, you're, if you're ever looking at fighting. First of all, establish yourself with, with a good team. Good team, yeah. And then, you know, like I said, that's what I did. I went to Team Carbon. I, was, I knew I was with a good team, and, and then that was it. I, I always knew I was going to be in the FC. <laughs> and then the weight coming by, I mean... Obviously, I trained hard and I, and I did what I did and I, and I racked up straight quite quick. I won six amateur fights, went professional. Mm. And um, I got, I actually left fighting then dinner for um, for a little bit. Not left fighting, but I, w- I went and back and did the Commonwealth Games in 2014. Mm, that's right. I felt like I had unfinished business within the within the wrestling. So I, I come back and I, and I went and got a bronze at the Commonwealth Games. Then I went Just pro. a casual bronze. Yeah. Just went back, got a bronze and got out of there. Did, yeah, that, was, did you have to, ups, not upskill yourself, but like, like it's it's like riding a bike essentially, but you know, drop the drop the muay thai, drop the boxing, and fully focus again on wrestling. No, so this is where I think mentality is so important mm. within within sport. So when I when I went to 2010 Commonwealth Games, I went to Russia. Mm. I went to I went to um, all over Eastern Europe to train wrestling, just wrestling. I was purely just a wrestler, and. Then when I went to 2014, I did most of my training as an MMA fighter still. Still wrestling, don't yeah. mean every day, but I was still doing Thai and I was still doing jiu-jitsu and stuff. Mm. Uh, I, went to, I went for two weeks to America and trained wrestling. Nice. Come back and went to the Commonwealth Games. So I'd say my preparation was better in 2010, but my mindset was much better in 2014. Wow. And that's the difference between, that was the difference for me gaining a medal mm. and not gaining a medal. Because in 2010, I got fifth. Mm. In 2014, I got, I got a bronze. Um. So I think the only thing that shifted in that in them to that time frame was my mentality. Like I come away from the you know the, the British wrestling, um, and I got obviously got got with Team Carbon. Mm. I was surrounded by world class athletes who was fighting in the UFC. Mm. I was surrounded with a world class coach who believed in me. Wow! And um, and that's the things I changed, and that's why I feel I got a medal because I went into the Commonwealth Games thinking thinking I'm unbeatable. I did get beat, obviously, in the semi-finals, but I was, I, I was like, my mentality was, I'm getting gold, and that is it. Yeah, yeah, and there yeah. There was no other mentality in that. I was, I was 100% like I was going to go and get gold. I didn't get gold, but that's the, that's what I always say, and I always said to Jack, you know, 
one mistake I made with with the UFC mm. is I always said to myself, I'm going to be in the UFC. Mm. But that isn't actually enough. Yeah. I, I should have been telling myself I'm going to be the, the, the UFC champion. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So that was that was my mentality. Only when I got to the UFC, then I first started saying, I, I want to be I want to be the UFC champion now. Nice. I should have said it from day one. That's that thing. So I always said to like Jack, for example, I always said, uh, don't just aim to be in the FC. Yeah, yeah. I said you need to be aiming to like creating a legacy, two weight world champion. Yeah, something that someone's never ever done. Even McGregor. Mm. You know what I mean, think of something that McGregor's not done that's better than what he's done. I like you know that. I mean? So he's obviously become two weight world champion and he's fought Floyd Mayweather. Mm. So it's, just, it's a tough task, but. No one ever, no one really thinks they can do it until they've seen someone else do it. Yeah, it's like um, someone running the marathon at a certain pace and no one's done it before and then someone's achieved it and then before you know, everyone starts yeah. doing it. It's funny you say that, like I have um, clients, sports clients come to me, I want to I wanna be pro in this, I want to be pro in that. I'm like, what, you want to be a, like a squad number? Because if you're a squad number, you're, you're a minority, like you're, you're um, sorry, a majority of them. That's yeah. a, like, do you want to be starting? Like for instance, if it's in a team sport. Yeah, like fine tune what that is, what you want, because because yeah. okay, I want a friends, I want to be a rugby player. Okay, cool. There's a squad of thirty, but only f- only thirteen get on the field. Yeah, there's thirty games in a season, but your squad number twenty nine, like, is that going to fulfill you? Do you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. So it's a similar concept yeah, yeah. of what you're just saying. I like that. And you're you passing that on to Jack, mate. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, I think I mean a lot of a lot of the good things I've done within sport mm. but also a lot of the things where I feel I've done wrong mm. I make sure he doesn't make them so he, he's leaps and bounds above anyone yeah. already uh, within his division within the amateur scene in the UK because obviously he's learning from my mistakes but also he's, he's, he's taking on what I've done good yeah yeah it's good as well though like there's so many people out there probably don't listen to the dad do you know what I mean don't yeah. nah fuck that. that what's dad and hope but even though like because you, you, you're relatively young still yeah. So it's like you're not like a 50, 60 year old fella passing down and a young, young, ignorant son. It's like there's only, I don't know, what, 18, He's like, 18 yeah. years, yeah. I was 17. When yeah. I, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was young. No wonder you weren't going to Magaluf, mate. Yeah. You were busy. <laughs> exactly. I had to stay away from Magaluf. I was still looking after a baby then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's, you know what I mean? I, I like the, the, the mindset of what you've done and passed it on. And, and I think as well, one thing about UFC or MMA, we'll say then. Like, there's not many people who are undefeated in that game. You know yeah. what I mean? And that is a show of resilience in itself. Like, so many people have had a loss, and then they've kicked on from that. Come back, yeah. Come back. And there's someone I was going to talk to. I know you've had trained a lot with Darren Till, right? Yeah. And he was on. He went on a bit of a losing streak. And you could see his mentality and probably the pressure of... I think he had a bit of a, he's had a bit of a name to go far and expectation on him. I'd say at one stage yeah, yeah. early doors as well. But yeah, yeah, exactly. A bit too early. But then I seen him fight that duplicy. Remember that fight? Yeah, and that was I, last one. Wasn't last it? Yeah. one, yeah. And I thought, right, okay, he could have won that fight. I think so. Yeah. And look where duplicy has kicked on from there. Yeah. But probably at that time, and duplicy probably wasn't as big of his name as he is now. But he was only one or two fights away from where he is now. And it's like, in hindsight, if he knew. What he was fighting against then? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a, well, that's the thing with UFC. Your life can very quickly change mm. overnight. Yeah. I mean, if you have a good fight or you have a good knockout or something spectacular happens, mm. your life can change overnight. That's the thing, isn't it? When you're in the limelight and there's so much media around, yeah. you could just say one thing. You know what I mean? And it, and it could change things. You know what I mean? Mm. So, 
Yeah, you're right there. How do you how do you find it then? Obviously, when you went into the UFC, was it like like you said your goal was to get to the UFC? What 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 was the feel like? Obviously, you're playing fighting against people now with probably high professional skills in one aspect, but maybe you're not a good wrestler or they're a good wrestler and poor stand up. Was it any? Was it every a time of like what was the mentality going into these fights now? Was it whole wholly like totally different or? No, I mean nothing changed from my pro career. You know, I fought high level guys mm-hmm. towards the end of my pro career on the domestic scene. Let's say, so I mean, I went over to Japan and I fought mm-hmm. the Shuto double weight world champion, two weight world champion over there. Yeah, yeah. I went to Brazil. I fought a guy who who, who got um, he was second on tough. Mm-hmm. He got to the final. He was tough finalist. Where he were in the in Brazil, where he went in the house and stuff. Yeah. He got to the final of that. Uh, he fought in the UFC. I, fought, I beat him. So you know, I'd. And I'd also, I'd all, I already trained mm. with high-level UFC fighters yeah, yeah. throughout my career, even from starting amateur. Mm. And I coached them, and I'd, I'd also been, like, I cornered my first, um, I cornered one, Paul Sass for, in mm. um, MGM Grand. Oh, wow. Um, in Vegas. So I went there, trained for two and a half weeks, and then we, I cornered him there. So I'd felt yeah, what yeah, it was yeah. like to walk out in front of 20,000, 25,000, however many of these arenas old. Mm. You know, I felt what it was like, and yeah, then yeah. you could you can get chance to just step back and just think, well, how would I feel if this was me now walking out? Mm. And you can feel it, you know, you can feel what it's going to be like and stuff. So I was lucky to have that experience because I'd a cornered in London, a cornered in um, mm. Vegas, a cornered in Germany. So I'd done all these big, big arenas before I even stepped stepped in there. It's pretty amazing. So that even is. like as far as being in the back in the changing rooms and mm. you know the people coming out calling your name right you're walking next and all that type of stuff so I felt all that being behind the curtain before the opening you walk mm. out I'd felt that. So I was quite lucky to, to get that experience really. I like that. Is what's gone? And that's 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 obviously part of being a big team that's mm. made the most UFC fighters in this country you know what I mean? Definitely man and that just shows being se- not se- well selective from early on picking where you want to be, what environment you want to be in, yep. and that you can only grow from that, right? Exactly. Yeah, you you're surrounded by successful people, mm. you're surrounded by the people on the same mission as you. As the meme says, you know, what I mean, people say it, but it's it's imp- it is true, you know. Yeah, it definitely is. Would you say how do you go before fights, like nervous, nervous wise, and things like that? Like, are you a nervous person or anxious person, or do you kind of like I'm just ready to roll game a fight day? Yeah, I'm quite relaxed. I mean, I've got a lot of experience. Mm. Obviously. Competing from six year old, yeah, um, but still, you know, everyone gets nerves. I don't care really how they get nerves. Mm. So yeah, I get nervous, I get scared, I get happy. I'm happy, but me more so. I probably get more happy to what close to the fight it gets. Really? Yeah, I'm more relaxed. Wow. I don't know why, but <laughs> you I enjoy do. that grind mode, didn't you? You yeah, like that? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I do. I do get. I get more happy yeah. and relaxed when I get closer to the fight. Mm. Are you a person that enjoys the, the, like, you know, there's a lot of now the talk before the fight, the amped up, the built up, you know, the uh, the controversial words between each other. Are you into that or are you more just, would you say, like, just get, the, let's get this done? More like, just get it done, really. I yeah. mean, if somebody, if somebody was to uh, really disrespect me, like, yeah. before fights, then obviously I'd, I'd disrespect them. But it'd be more real with me, do you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. No. I'm not the kind of guy to start pe- speaking personally about somebody. Mm. But if someone did it to me, then it's like, okay, it's real. I'm not just going to go tip for tat. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's that's real. I take it personal then. I like that. Yeah, it's good. That. Because I'm not that kind of guy where I, yeah, I, I yeah. d- uh, disrespect somebody. It, well, it kind of makes sense when I seen Jack that he had that kind of humbled 
talking, it was probably passed. Well, it has passed down from you. Yeah, it's probably pretty pretty similar, really. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like, and, and I want to ask you as well. E- even in defeats, right? What is it like experiencing a defeat in 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 a one man sport? Essentially, I know there's a team behind you, but it's you in the ring or in the cage, essentially. So, I've spoke to other people about this, but I want to hear your your thoughts on that on that process. Yeah, it's a tough process to follow. Do I mean you um you lose, and then it's like you feel like I mean. Obviously, if you're if you're at the top and you when I've lost in the UFC and stuff, first of all, the, the, some of the a lot of the fans ain't great. They're they're onto you on on on, it, on a Instagram and places like that. But you feel like you've let everyone down. Mm. You feel like um, you just want to hibernate it for a, for a few weeks yeah, and yeah. not see anyone because when you're at the top and like for in my town, most people know who I am. Yeah, you don't want to go to the shop. Mm. You don't want to go to you don't want to go at your house. So. I I try not to do that mm-hmm. because I think you've just got to face the music mm. and people don't actually care, to be honest. But, um, yeah, that's how you feel. You just feel like you just want to hibernate for a, for a few weeks until it's all settled down and, um, you know, you, you're not going to get and ask any questions. Yeah, yeah. Because people don't really know how to act around you. You've just lost on TV mm-hmm. in front of, I mean, let's say, millions, whatever. Yeah, Because yeah, people definitely. watch on TV. you got 20,000 in the arena. And whatever's happened has mm. happened, and you think, yeah, it's, it's some kind. Of, you think it's embarrassing. Yeah, people don't actually care. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I realised that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at one stage I had to quit rugby for like four years, five years ago. I had to retire. Like for f- I'm back now, but I had a big period because of three knee reconstructions, ACLs, oh, okay. and on the same knee, and it's like uh, people. It's like autopilot. Like you know if. You're a fighter. How's training going? This, that, and the other. Yeah. But then when it's not there anymore, it's kind of like oh, you think that you've created this identity of who you actually are. But it's like th- that's just a go-to question for you. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So, oh, how did that fight go the other week? They didn't even probably know if you. They probably know if you won or lost, but they don't mean to be rude. Yeah, it's going away to yeah. act around. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an interesting partner. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is. It's it, it, com- it comes across as awkward sometimes when you get in them situations when you've lost. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, when you when, when you want to puffing your chest out, yeah. <laughs> you walk in and everywhere shop every five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> I won. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you've lost, it's different. Yeah, man. I, and 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 I want to talk as well. Like, I don't know how the UFC goes regarding contracts. Is it normally how many fight? Is it normally like a stock standard? Like, you get X amount of fights on this contract, and from that, then we reevaluate. So it's like, yeah, usually they give you like a four-fight contract, but it's still always in their favour. They can always get rid of you when you want. You know I mean? Right, okay. But um, yeah, it's usually like a four-fight contract. Mm. And how does that play then on the mental side? If you've won, or maybe if you've won two fights, you, you keep, all right, we're going to go, we're going to recon- uh, re-sign something soon. But if you've had a couple of losses, it, does that play on your mind going into the next fight? Like, fuck, I've got to be a bit more safe here. Yeah, a lot, really. Mm. A lot. Because, like, that was one of, that, in my, that was one of my downfalls. So... I always thought if I didn't perform or obviously didn't win, it was like, am I going to get cut now? Am I going to get cut? Mm. Rather than just enjoying the process, yeah. that's what I'll change. Do you know what I mean? So it's like um, I had my first fight, I won, good performance. Yeah, yeah. And then I had a, quite a bit of a layoff and it was only due to UFC not really keeping me active. Mm. Um, and then I got injured. So it was a thing. But then, then obviously I lost. Then I was like, straight away, just because I lost. I was like, oh, they're going to cut me now. I was asking my coach, are they going to cut me? Do you think they cut me? 
And he said no, and then he didn't, and then again I fought. But then you just yeah. always kind of feel that pressure. It's one mm. thing getting the UFC, but staying in the UFC is different. different. You know what I mean, but you just you've just got to not anyone who's going to get in the UFC, you've just got to not think about that side of getting cut or impressing them, pressing the you know impressing the fans all the time. Yeah. You just got to concentrate on your journey and enjoy it. So that's true. What, that's what I think. So true, man. It, it's, it's another an analogy, not an analogy. It's a story. I've experienced it. So many sports players have experienced it. So. Obviously, the fight game, you'll have a fight every... How, how many months would it be from one fight to another? Could be like three to four months, do you know what I mean? You could have... You try, they try and get you three or four a year. Yeah, that's... Okay. And then from that then, if you haven't heard off that guy prior to a, a potential loss, or a loss, let's say that, right? It plays a bit of an anxiety in your year to be like, what's crack now? What's going on next? And I was speaking about this to the, the rugby boys or the players or even clients that we were like... Say, for instance, they play on a Saturday or Sunday... Um, they lose. He may have made one or two mistakes. They'll go into training on Monday, and the coach might not even say good morning or hello to yeah. them that moment. But they just walk past them, right? Their anxiety is just sprung to the ceiling because they think, "Fuck, he's off me now because of that one yeah. mistake." But he's probably dealing with injuries from the weekend before from other squad. Probably dealing with the board. He's dealing with other things. But like one altercation or one passing by without. Checking in, it can cre- increase this anxiety. And yeah. in athletes, we are so driven by um, not pleasing. But yeah. if you've got a coach, right, you want to, you are like, they are like your master. Yeah. And you want to fucking please them. Yeah, that, that's, that's always been another thing why I've probably trained so hard. Because mm. my coach is probably the hardest man to please ever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one of my goals was always to try and please him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Trying. Um, Make sure he knows that I'm the hardest worker in the room, or mm. whatever, just to impress him a little bit. And I think that's that's where he comes in is is a good coach. He probably knew that about me. Yeah. So probably he'd only give me a little bit every now and again. Do you know what I mean? But that's probably why he got the most out to me, mm. as in training wise and how hard I trained and stuff. But yeah, I think that is that was always one of my goals to try and impress your coach. You want to, and it, it and then it, for instance, how many fighters are in the gym? Well, twenty when it's when it's twenty, or even sometimes. So he's but he's potentially connecting the twenty fighters in in one day. Yeah, and and if he's walked past you without saying hello, and you've had a a poor training session, imagine the thought process yeah. coming out and just in caught up in their brain. So it's a really important thing I do with a lot of clients is or players is map out that get that overwhelming brain dump it into a paper and recognize what's true and what's not true yeah, because yeah. a lot of our thoughts we make are, are made up in on top of, of course, a story. Yeah. And, and you expand them, didn't you? Yeah, a lot. I think <laughs> the men. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's good to see now. You see a lot of fighters having mental coaches or mentors in yeah, yeah. in that aspect because it's. I think most players will connect to the fighting fighters. Most fighters train pretty much might be a couple of percentage difference between one fight and the other. You know, you you train, you lift the similar weights, you you cut the same yeah. amount of weight, or not all everyone. So, like, if you can focus on the mental side of the fight and the other guy, that's not not everyone's doing. I think that's the 2 or 3% that you only need as a fighter 100%. or a sports athlete to have one over. Like, your mindset from going from the first Olympics, Common, oh, Commonwealth, sorry, Commonwealth, yeah. to the next one, mentality was different. different. Your environment was different. Your coaching systems, your yeah. process was different. But you, yeah. you recognised that from your mental game. Yeah, 100%. That's the only thing that changed, mm. really. But, yeah, that's I agree with that 100%. Like, I mean... Like you said, we all train hard, we all have good nutrition, we all got good strength and conditioners, you know, we've all got similar techniques type thing, but 
like you said, the mental side of things is the, is the one that makes the difference. It's true. It's, it's true. so important, especially in fight the fight game. It is. It is, and 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 you, your Jack's blessed, man, to have you in his team now. Like I mean, his dad, but I mean, just like you said, you're you're a mentor. You're probably a best friend to him. You're everything. Yeah, we spend a lot of time together. I mean. Obviously, we're traveling to and from training every day yeah. and stuff. But it, like you said, the good thing is he does actually he does actually listen and take it on board. Yeah, do you know what I mean like you said, most those people don't listen to their dads, do they? Nah. But he does and he, he listens. But I've, I've coached him from six year, four year old. Jack started wrestling at four, mm. just just rolling around on the mat and stuff. But um, I've coached him a long time now, so I know him inside out. Do you? Um, has it ever been a, like a? You've had a situation in the in the gym where you've wrestled or anything, and you're like shit. He done me there, or he might have done. You know, yeah. we have it. We have it now regularly. <laughs> uh, now you're like, no more, no yeah. more wrestling. But we did actually have a. We had a wrestle off when um, when he was because I'll tell you a story quick. But basically, when he was nine, please. When he was nine year old, I got the bronze at the Commonwealth Games, mm. and he um, he gave me some stick, saying, "Oh, it was, why'd you get bronze? You should have got gold." You know, giving me a bit of banter, a bit of banter, really. And it, and I said, "Okay, when you turn eighteen, we're gonna have a wrestle." <laughs> so he turned 18 we set up and, and it got pretty big a lot of people was onto it you know like UFC media asked mm. me oh you're gonna have a wrestle with your son so a lot of people was interested in in, in watching this wrestle off so anyway we had it it was only it's only a few months ago mm. and um, what we did we was we sold we sold tables so we yeah. had a sit down meal and stuff like that put the wrestling mat in the middle and we'd put like six other wrestling matches just over cool. other people and then me and Jack was like main event and uh, we, we wrestled off at the DW Stadium. It was in, oh, wow. in one of the suites. It went really well. We raised some money. The, the money was originally going to my dad, but he passed. So we um, we just gave it to my mum. So my mum took the money. But yeah, it was um, we, we wrestled we wrestled off there. But now we wrestle regular because he's getting probably a little bit too big and, and good for a lot of the other the other mm. lads in the gym. So I have to make sure I wrestle him as well now. So he's getting that intensity. But yeah, he's hard work. Me and him wrestling now is 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 getting pretty even. What would he be weighing? He's like eighty. He's like eighty, eighty-one now. Eighty. And yours? So you were fighting a seventy-six, were you? I fight a sixty-six. Six, oh, I wrestled 66. at seventy-four. Oh, okay, that's where I seen it. Oh, fuck. But, when, but I, I fight at featherweight sixty-six. But I'm now seventy-nine. So me and him are quite yeah. close-ish. But he's just still so strong still. Yeah. Wow. He's uh, he's hard work at minute. <laughs> just sitting. At, is, is he at home with you as well? Is he living at home with you? He lives at home, yeah. Yeah, do you not even look at him at the table after <laughs> rest? <laughs> no, I, I won the wrestler. <laughs> oh, so nice. It's, okay. um, it, I'm still the man of the ice now. I like that, I like yeah. that. How many years do you reckon you got till it's the turn? Can't be long now. Yeah. He, he took, he, like I say, he took me down in training yeah. the other day. That's, that's a, it's a good way to be, man. I like that. And it keeps your egos in check. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Having that. But if there's anyone you want to beat, it's your son in it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't accept anyone else beating me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely true. I want to ask you as well, um, you know, what do you like after a fight? Are you go all out, enjoy yourself, or do you get back into the gym as soon as possible, or do you check out mentally? I'll make sure I, uh, you know, I'll go enjoy some time with mates and stuff and we'll go out and whatever, mm. uh, with my family mainly, because obviously, you know, they've been through a lot as well. Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's tough, isn't it? For a f- to, to, to be with a fighter for a woman is is uh, is intense, like, you know what I mean? Especially if you've got kids as well. Yeah. So it, it's tough on them. You know, my wife's done a hell of a lot for me. Um, you know, I've stayed at home with the kids, put her life on hold, put her career on hold mm. uh, to make sure I can kind of fulfil mine and, and obviously try and bring money back as well, which is important, but... 
yeah, it's um, I try and make sure I spend time with them really after, but I don't go all out, you know what I mean? I get one night mm. out and then I'm, I am back on within a week. I am yeah, back yeah. training within a week. It's cool, lad, I like that. What's been your worst injuries or injury? I've had a few. Um, I mean, I've had a couple of shoulder operations, knee operations, um, jaw. I broke my jaw in my third third, third fight in the FC, yeah. or second fight in the FC, I broke my jaw. Um, wow. So nothing, obviously, major, but I've, all, I've got loads of niggles, you know what I mean, yeah. through wrestling. Wrestling's the worst for injuries. I was going to say, because you're pulling on tendons all the time and ligament, like, you know, you, you, you grip... You grip and then you've got your shoulder, your rotator cuffs, you've got cartilage issues. You yeah. jo- I'm probably talking about all your injuries right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all on the pressure points, isn't it? Yeah, mainly probably mainly shoulders. Shoulders. I've got no cartilage in my shoulders. Wow. So I've had an operation on one. I need another I need another one as well, probably. Wow, man. And from that, like are you big into supplements or are you big into what's your recovery? Like obviously you've got the gym now, but I mean like is it is that like a religious thing for you now where you're always looking after the recovery side just as much? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially now I'm getting older, I feel I feel the difference now in my recovery. So like I can train I feel I can train just as hard as hard as the lads in the gym, but I definitely don't recover as quick. Okay. You know what I mean? So I do feel that. Um but like I say, I'm fortunate enough I have uh, Summit Physio that sponsor me. Mm. So they just look after me. So when I'm in camp or even now to be honest, when I'm not in camp I'm they 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 I make sure I go and see them once a week. Yeah. So whether it's just a massage, sports massage, or just looking after any n- niggles or injuries I've got, so I try and keep on top of them yeah, yeah. all the time, really. So yeah, so some physio look after me there. I like that, mate. I like that. It's a massive part in it. The recovery is probably just as important, yeah. if not, to the to the training. Because if you can't recover quick enough, or you're not looking after stuff, you can't train as effective, and then it's a roll-on no, it's, effect. It's massively important. Our coach always says, "You're not overtraining; you're mm. under-recovered." <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? So that's his that's his mentality. I mean, you train as hard, uh, train hard, but you make sure you get recovery. Mm. I want to talk to you a little bit about your last fight in the UFC. Um, I watched some of your fights prior to that, and you're very, you know, you you're, you're iron up the fight at first. You'll you'll stand off for a bit and guide guide, you know, look see. But that when you went flat out hundred miles in, yeah. really aggressively, um, and then I. I, I I was like, I looked at the interview. I think prior to, it, I seen the post uh, pre before the fight. Sorry, talk, yeah, yeah. and you know it was a bit of a well, probably one of the toughest times of what you were going through that stage. It was, yeah, obviously, yeah. And I don't mind talking about it. Obviously, my dad was terminally ill, and we had him. My, I mentioned it in one of the media interviews, and obviously, a lot of people latched onto it. So it was, a, it was quite a big thing going into that fight, and. Um, you know, he was in the crowd. My dad was there. Mum was there front row. And I gave him a hug before I went on. So I never really thought it affected me mm. before the fight because I'm very focused and um, I was fully focused on the fight. But And I, I never thought that my dad being terminally ill affected me at all, as in fight-wise. It affected me before, but as in fight-wise. So, But when when I watched the fight back and the walkout back and stuff like that mm. and how I felt warming up and things like that, I was probably a little bit more riled up than I mm. usually am like I say I'm usually quite relaxed and happy but as soon as my music come on I was running out I was slapping people's hands I was gain, gaining the cage probably a little bit too quick than the, compared to how I usually do it mm. so I was definitely more anxious and riled up and um, for that fight um, and then as soon as we got in the cage and mm. I never took my eyes off him which I never do and then once we touched well we didn't touch gloves sorry because I'm he's, he's, he's always um, he's need people on the on the glove touch in the past Oh, really? Scissor need him, yeah, so I didn't touch his gloves. Um, but yeah, I probably did rush things. 
but that was just because my mentality with things. I'm not I'm not blaming the loss on mm. obviously what was going on, but I definitely wasn't in the same frame of mind that I've been for my other fights. If I fought that guy ten times, I win nine. Nine of that, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the only one time I could possibly mm. lose, and that's that's that way. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's a, it's a it's a, a mo- like when your emotions are high, you're not thinking straight, and then and if someone's in a bit of a flow state when the the lock that he put you in, um. You know, you're probably if you're. Uh, this is from my perspective. If you're aggressively going into things, you're not probably thinking as clear. No, you're not. And yeah, it plays. Flow states the one, obviously. And mm. I felt when I've been in that, I wasn't in that then. Yeah, because I've been times I watch some of your fights, and when you're on the floor grappling with someone, like you, your maneuvering is just like a bit like a snake. Just yeah. and that's what you kind of want to be in that flow state then of you know. I know, okay, this is slip. He slipped this now. Okay, I can move this. Yeah, you're just yeah. flowing. You're one step ahead of him. Mm. Yeah, I didn't feel like that then. And I how? Definitely a different feeling. And it only, it took me a while to um, even figure that out. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like at first, he was like, no, it never got to me. It never got to me. Mm. I said to everyone, they said, because a lot of people said, you could see you was different. Is it because of your dad? And I I, always, I said to everyone, no, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't, mm. it, I was fine. Do you know what I mean? I would say if it was, and then it took me months to just, Obviously, think about it. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm a be- very busy guy. I don't yeah. get a chance to sit down and think about things yeah. like that, like that. And I, and I did. Do you know what I mean? And I watched the fight back and things, and I thought maybe, mm. maybe I was. Did you ever think that it was like your dad's been on your whole journey? It seems with the from him being a wrestler too to then getting to the stage where unfortunately he's, I'm sorry he passed away. Yeah. Was it ever a time you got? I don't know if I want to like the. I don't know if I want to do this. Was it a part like we talked about earlier, pleasing someone? Was it part of it? Making your dad proud too? Always, yeah. Yeah, he was, um, he was there throughout all my wrestling career. Never missed a fight. You know, he travelled to Texas for me fighting and mm. uh, Japan, he fought. He come with me. He come with me to Brazil. So he'd been to every fight, even the foreign ones, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he was a massive part of my career. He did all my weight cuts with me in pro, pro, wow. pro side of things when I was in this country, even, in, even when I went to Texas and things like that. So he, he was a big part of my career. He never really understood fighting fully mm. because... He was only doing a bit of wrestling. Yeah. He only coached wrestling. But um, he, he understand what I wanted and what I wanted to be and stuff. So he was always a big part of uh, my career. And yeah, when he passed, um, I, 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 I kind of said, that's me done. Do you know what mm. I mean? He's definitely done with wrestling. That My last match was against Jack. I, yeah. hung, I hung my boots up there because my dad was, you know, the main part of that journey. Are you saying it's um, still unfinished business? Yeah, we're fighting. I, I did, I did, um, I did think I was going. When my dad passed, I did think I was gonna, I was gonna finish fighting as well. I, th- I thought I was gonna finish everything mm. because it just, it just felt different. Mm. I mean, it felt different without my dad being around. Even though I've got my coaches and stuff like that, but it just felt different without my dad being around. Mm. I like, yeah, it's, I bet, mate. I bet. I could, I, yeah, it's when he's a part of your journey the whole way. It's it, you, like you said, you're very. Seems like the gym that your personal, your family as well is like a tight knit. Yeah, it is. So, and he's the core of, of it. It can play a massive effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because obviously we, we have the wrestling club and stuff like that. Me and my dad's coached together mm. since I was 16. I started coaching when I was 16. Yeah. So we've coached together since I was 16. Plus, he coached me when I was a kid mm. uh, with, uh, with other coaches, but he coached me when I was a kid as well. So, yeah, I mean, now really I'm, I'm coaching within the club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the wrestling club. I'm still bringing the kids free because it, it's the, the place where I feel closest to my dad, yeah. I suppose, and I'm carrying on his legacy of, of building up the Wigan and Lee Wrestling Club. Good man, it's, mate. It's a lot of gyms in Wigan, isn't it? 
Wrestling, yeah. yeah. And, and gyms in general, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> them as well. <laughs> Flipping heck. Would you say, is, is Asp- Tom Aspinall a part of, connected with you guys at all or not? He was. He seemed to have set up his own team now in... Okay. Uh, He's in Goldburn somewhere. I don't know what he's doing. Okay, yeah, yeah. One of the guys I know, uh, Jamie Acton. He's, I think he's his strength and conditioner now, or something like that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he seems so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been doing pretty well to be fair. His last fight didn't last long, but he, Tom, yeah, Tom's, Tom's, Tom's really good. I still think he'll be um, champion. Tom, you know, what I mean, he's really yeah. fast for an heavyweight, mm. very fast. That that London card, that wasn't the one you was that no, you fought in the Leon Edwards card, is that right? Um, what one did you fight on? No, you fought in the. What was the cut the most recent fight? The recent one, Tom just fought. A few yeah, weeks no, that ago. was not that one. So I'm on about the one you fought in London. That you most last recent time one. I fought was March, so I can't think. He Who was, was the main? Event. Tom was main event. Was he for that one? He beat um, Volkov, the big mm, tall that's Russian right, guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's been um, mate, there's some some big names coming through the UK now. It's good to see. To be fair, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some good talent knocking about in there. Mm. I mean, like I said, it's a lot of. Big names, now. Yeah, she's good in it. Good for the sport. Sport's yeah. growing all the time, MMA. So in this country, especially, everyone knows about MMA. And I don't yeah. know UFC and stuff. So yeah, we feel like we've got the most, like the people, like you know, you've got the you you've got the Conor McGregor's, you've got the Paddies, you've got Darren Tills, now you've got the Toms, you got yourself, you've got Bisbing when he was fighting, like they're all entertainers as well, though. You know, like a lot of entertainers that they're not well. Connor and Paddy and Darren, I'd say probably Definitely, the most. Yeah. Like yeah, they're, yeah. they're extroverted people, aren't they? They were bringing attention, just yeah. their personalities. It could all change when Conor McGregor come on the scene, didn't it? Yeah. Did I mean, it was UFC was always big, mm. but I think Connor took it to the next level. Mm. I mean, even your nan knows Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so he's big. Yeah, but it's it's you can hate him as much as you want, and like, there's some things that you know you, you can't agree on. But he has leveled up MMA. Hundred percent. Yeah. UFC like that has just gone times ten, you know, or ten x whatever yeah. you want to say. But he's yeah, he's done a lot for the sport. Mm. Do you see him coming back? I think, uh, I think he will fight again. Mm. But it, it just it seems different now. Do mm. I mean to seem different? I've yeah. not watched much of the tough, but no. some some clips that I see and stuff like he doesn't seem mm. some team different. I mean, what he what he used to say, he used to. When he used to say, you know, say something inspirational kind of thing, he used to carry a lot of weight. Did I mean just doesn't seem to have that effect no more? Nah, it's hard because I think so many people have seen that journey. You can kind of see, like, obviously, money and fame has played a part in this. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's kind of like seeing someone superhero essentially turning down to the dark side a little bit. You know, where you know, if you look in that path, because yeah, I think everyone would love to see him come back. I think, it, you know, you're going to still get everyone watching it, yeah? yeah. Conor McGregor fights again, everyone's going to watch. Yeah. You, when, that's what I'm going to ask you. I had it on my mind earlier. I was waiting for the time to ask you. So, you know, obviously, Khabib, um, you got that, you know, Makachev. Um, who's the other guy? Is it Makachev? Makachev, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, their background's wrestling. Yeah. But there's a different type of wrestling, right? I think they more come from a Sambo background. Sambo. Yeah. Okay, because there's loads of types. And I, your background wrestling, right? I always think, okay, what would a wrestler do in that situation when he was when he fights? Because if you're a stand-up guy, you're you might obviously want to throw hands, but you obviously got one eye on him. Yeah, you're worried about the takedown. And then the lactic acid they build from just plate like grinding essentially yeah. lactic acid in the arms. You get back up, your arms are like lead. So then, I'm trying to think: has he had an actual wrestler in the UFC fight him? Uh, Khabib. Yeah, yeah. When Khabib uh, was in there. I don't think he has, you know. 
I mean, uh, Gaethje knows of it, but he didn't attack, does he? Gaethje went. He just, he just, he just defends. Uses his wrestling for his defense. But no, um, no, I can't think of anyone who is he's gone against who is a straight up wrestler, which could have been different. You know, if someone put Khabib on the back, it could be different. Did you ever? Do you ever think about that? If if you were in those positions when you watched those fights when he was when he was obviously still fighting, or even Makachev, for instance, would you go? Oh, what I would do in this situation, you know, as you're watching it on the TV. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of the fan of the sport as well. Do you know what I mean? So you always think, but obviously, I have the opportunity to say, "Oh, well, what would I do in that spot, in that that position?" And, you know what I mean? I think I've done enough to make sure I can say that. But yeah, definitely. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, if I if I fought Khabib, then I'd, I'd be looking at taking him down mm. still. But Playing obviously, I'm a wrestler, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. But you know, put him play him at his own game. You know, mm. who breaks first in it? Yeah, definitely. Because I, I, like again, coming from a novice background, just a spectator, but. He tends to put you up against the cage, yep. pull you down, but he locks his legs. Say, for instance, you're on your, your ass and back is against the cage. It's as if he's got your legs inside his legs and he crosses his legs. Yeah, he's very good at it. You know what I mean? He's obviously got a very tight yeah. clamp. You know, he, he, t- he tightens up with his knees and stuff like that, and his ground pain's great. Mm. But yeah, his, his initial first attack mm. isn't great. No. Like his single or his double, mm. but it's always to get to the body lock. Once mm. he gets to the body lock, it's a game changer for him, you know what I mean? It's, that's really good. And then once he gets you in the positions, but if you're always like the bottom guys, always just concentrate on getting up, getting up, yeah. getting up, getting up. You know, he doesn't seem too worried about any subs, so he's just locking you up and just grind again. He breaks him. You can see the, the life come from the face, yeah. you know what I mean? Especially Ed and Barbosa. Yeah, I was about to say that he his, his head just went, you know what I mean? So yeah, he's a he's a he's a master at it, and that's why he's unbeaten, isn't it? He is. And even that Gaethje fight, you watched him. I felt like Gaethje was nervous throwing the whole fight. Yeah, I but that's, that, that is what it does you're, when you're, you're a good wrestler yeah. and you do attack. Like, I, I've, I've been in fights with good strikers, mm. but because they're so scared of my um, my attack, yeah. I've started catching them loads on the feet. My my fight against uh, Lando Verata, yeah. great striker, probably one of the best in the division, they reckon, and, um, you know, he, he's got some highlight real knockouts, spinning mm. wheel kicks and stuff and knock people out. Because he was worried about my takedown, first of all, he didn't really, st- he just kind of backed off a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, he was he never wanted to throw his hands or his kicks. Because he was fearful of... Because he was wor- worried about getting took down. Yeah. So Since I started catching him with backhands and stuff like yeah. that then. But, yeah, it, it definitely changes the mentality of a striker mm. when a wrestler's in front of him. I think, th- I think the fight game is just, it goes through phases. Like, you'll get loads of wrestlers becoming champs. And you get, like, these stand-up fighters, you know, Muay Thai fighters coming through. Um, I think th- who would you say the full package uh, like the full package I like Charles Oliveira yeah he's really good isn't he because his jiu-jitsu is great but he's, his stand-up is Muay Thai he's like got a Muay Thai stand good now yeah mm. he's just kind of fearless because he doesn't worry about he doesn't worry about getting took down too nah. much because he's so good on the ground off his back and on top yeah. so he's just kind of going forward throwing shots yeah uh, a lot of volume in it and um, he kind of seems to tire him you know because of that pressure but once they start trying to take him down, then they're kind of in his world again. 100%. So he, I think he's a great fighter, yeah. Charles Olivier is very good. Mm. Could be a different fight when he fights Makachev next again as well. He's going to fight him again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. the next. But Makachev, what he did to him last time, made it look easy, so... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, did you watch the... You probably, you probably as a, as a diehard, you probably didn't, but did you see the Nate Diaz boxing match with that Jake Paul? Watch it, no. I think it puts UFC fighting in, a, like, a... Degrades it. Yeah. It's not great. Like, I don't really... F- I mean, I know they're making a lot of money and stuff. Yeah. They've got to be making a lot of money and you've got to, got to take the money sometimes, you know what I mean? Especially on your way out. Yeah. 
But yeah, it does do me in a little bit. Yeah, of course. You've done <laughs> all this years of fighting. Nate's a, Nate's a legend in the sport, you know what I mean? He's fucking losing to Jake Paul. Exactly. But then it gives Jake Paul credit, but then I don't get this thing he does where he does, like he just walks on, he walks around the ring, turns around and he chills for a bit, Nate does, and then he... I right, but is that mind games or is that just him he wants a breather? It is, no, it is mind games. Probably, it really, he's, he's very fit, isn't he? you yeah. know what I mean? You can see that in all his fights, but probably just more mind games and a bit yeah. of showmanship in it, you know what I mean? That's the way he's always been. Mm. You know, he... Look what he did to Leon Edwards at the end of the round. Caught him with one, two, yeah. pointed at him. He could have finished him. I, I, that's what I was thinking. And then the the commentators were saying something like, you know, he knew he didn't want to jump in there and just in case he got whacked. And I was like, but the time you had left in that round, you're probably better off doing that than, than nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just got to go, ain't you? Well, how good is Leon Edwards as well now? Like, I think he's... Yeah, he's class. He's class. Done great. Done great for UK, Miami. You know what I mean? Do you go Probably down there? That. Do you ever go and like connect with these gyms at all? Or no, I've never been to his gym. I mean, he, he's been to ours to be honest. Cool. Um, I know it, my co- he did some pads with my coach cool. Colin, and my Colin Colin my coach said he, he was he was really good. You know, he, yeah. he he couldn't really get him out of his rhythm. You know, so he's got really good distance control, Leon Edwards. So like he's um, he tried to rush him sometimes, but he'd never throw a shot when he wasn't like his feet were set. You know, so he's he's quite disciplined in that, and dealing with. High level wrestlers like Usman, yeah, yeah, for, for someone like Leon Edwards, where there's non-existent wrestling in this country, oh. he's clearly you know, st- you know, studying the sport and yeah, yeah, thinking of s- different things as how we can, without actually having a, a full wrestling you know pedigree. So I, I, you got to respect him for that, and I think he's got some great game game plans against yes. people like Usman. He d- he took him down, wasn't he? The first to take he him did down, take him down, yeah, officially, up. officially yeah, someone yeah. take him down. That's impressive. Yeah, I, I think I like the fact about it is that he. Didn't he go over to the States to change gyms for a bit? I think he went to um, Khabib Gym, what's it called now? Uh, top Team? Is it? Top no, it's no. not Top Team. I uh, can't remember the game. Don't know. Can't remember. Yeah, it's yeah. Khabib Gym. Yeah, anyway. yeah. And then he come back and I, and he's, he's gone back to his you know original team. Yeah. I kind of respect that because got it, yeah. when times are going tough, instead of blaming your team, it's a bit of accountability on yourself. That's what tends to happen. Though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Someone, someone loses so much, they blame the team or they blame the fact that they're cutting too much weight so they're going to go up and then... Yeah. You've got to look at yourself first. That's, That's the first person you've got to look at. When you go to bed at night you know, and it's just you alone with your thoughts, you probably you know the answer deep down. You know? Yeah, exactly. Are you eating good? Are you training hard enough? You've got to just look at yourself first. That's it. For you moving forward now, Mike, you know, you've got the gyms. You've, you've just started this online coaching, well, mentoring program. Yep. Explain a little bit about that. Yeah, so we just kind of launched this the other day. So what it is is, um, I mean, I've not really seen many people doing it this way, but... Obviously, we've got an online video library, so one of my mates who's got the video camera and stuff, and he does all that type of stuff, editing Brad, so he's he's come on board as well, and he's doing it, so we do te- we've do we done about 50, 60 techniques for now, but one a new one's going to be added every two weeks. Sure. Just techniques, basically, um, all the basic techniques for wrestling, the basic warm-up drills for wrestling, so it's quite basic at the minute, and then, um, you know, techniques that's going to help jiu-jitsu players, going to mm. help MMA fighters. Uh, because obviously there is a difference in of the course. sport. Just straight wrestling, you can't leave your neck out there because you're going to get guillotined. So there's a lot of stuff in there for jiu-jitsu players, really. Um, so if they sign up to that, they get all that. And then also they've got the... Um, they get added into a private WhatsApp group. Where Amazing. I, me, me and Jack will support them weekly. So, you know, even any nutrition advice or strength advice we'll help them out with. But mainly what it is, is you know, if, they, if they're in training or if they're on, they've got a mat between them and the mate kind of thing, mm-hmm. if they say... Send us a little video in where they're struggling with cool. something, struggling to finish an attack, for example. Most common thing is getting the confidence into mm. finishing an attack. 
you know, we'll kind of break it down and we'll reply to them and, and, and tell them what they need to do. Uh, so it's a bit more one-to-one type stuff. I like that. Uh, we're going to see how it works. I'm pretty sure it'll work well, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think you can't coach wrestling over over um, online stuff, but if I'm explaining to you, um, you know, keep your head up and your yeah, back yeah. straight, you tie your, you tie your hands behind the knees for a double leg, so you're going to understand it. You're going to start doing it more in training. Mm. You know, they can come back to us and say that didn't work or that did work, you know, and that, that's, that, that's what we're starting off with, really. And then we're going to have another... Another one where it's a bit more in depth and personalised, yeah. where you can you have a video call with them. You know, I can only take ten or twenty people on for this because it's a lot more time. Of course, and, um, and like I say, it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna work out well. I think we're excited for it. Yeah, man, I'm excited for you guys, and I I kind of I but like no, I like the fact that you've got a very growth mindset. Like it's not like okay, fighting's coming to an end now. What like oh, what do I do now? But you've like you're already you've got the gym. You've got you've got this going on now. You've got probably fingers in many other pies, but it's like it's a good way to live. Yeah, well, one thing with wrestling, I mean, my goal through growing up with wrestling, one of my goals was always to um, help build wrestling up in this country. Mm. So whether I do it by um, you know fighting on the TV in the UFC and people think, well, I want to try wrestling now because Mike Grundy's done this. Do you know what I mean? So that's one one of my goals to, to help build mm. up wrestling. So I've got a lot of knowledge. I've got 30 years of wrestling experience and all my family's done it. Do you mm. know what I mean? So that's all we've ever done. We've got our own club in Wigan. Yeah, yeah. Full time, I'm just rest, coaching wrestling. Do you know what I mean? I'm coaching wrestling five times a week. Yeah, yeah. Two times a day sometimes. Amazing. So it's like non-stop. So I've always wanted to build up wrestling. And this online thing, I can get to the outside world and spread my knowledge and... Um, to be a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and to be in the UFC, there's just not many people got them credentials and link it all together. Mm. So, like, for example, a straight wrestling coach, I don't really think can fully help a guy who's doing jiu-jitsu and wanting wrestling for jiu-jitsu type thing because your leg attack's got to change. So I think, you know, I'm in a good, fortunate position Mm. where I've got them credentials and I can can pass on my knowledge and help them people out, really. It's amazing, man. It's exciting. And like you said, you've got so many strings to other bows. You're not just... Pigeonholed in one area, no. it's it's exciting where this can go. Yeah, it could, could, could go far. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it. I am. I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad to see where it's going to go. Imagine the next year or two, and yeah. why you got Jack coming through the roots ranks as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mate, we'll wrap it up. But one thing I always ask my guests before we do is just, what are you grateful for? Very grateful for my family. Really, mm. I suppose my family because. Um, the amount of support I've had from my family is, um, is unreal. You know what I mean? From my dad to my um, even my kids and to from mm. my wife and stuff like that. So I've had a lot of lot of support. Mm. I love that, man. I'm grateful for you coming here today, sharing your story, sharing your journey. And it's just the start. <laughs> it's just the start where it's going to go next. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Cheers. Don't just talk it, walk it.